0: Back for another Detroit Tigers player breakdown today, we are going to take a look at Eduardo Rodriguez signed for a decently long contract last offseason plans to be around for a while it sounds like and had a very not interesting but a, a heck of a season this year in the Motor City so we're going to talk about his 2022 and talk about his future today on Lockdown Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday. October twenty-first, two thousand and twenty-two. Happy Friday, everybody. Thank you for making Lockdown Tigers. Your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Betonline where the game starts. All right. So we are going through and doing our deep dives on all of the players. Hopefully, we get through everybody on the 40-man before free agency opens. I think that's the goal. We're making really good headway. We've gone through everybody that ended the season or, or spent significant time on the injured list. We've gone through quite a lot of the hitters on the team. And for whatever reason, I got off to a slow start and didn't do very many pitchers early on, except for, again, the players that were... On the injured list. And so yesterday we did a couple of bullpen pieces. And Jose Cisnero and Joe Jimenez. We did Tyler Alexander earlier this week. I think late last week. Early this week. So we're going to stick with pitcher. And we're just going to do one today. I know the last few we, we've done two players in one episode. But I, I think this one we we probably need to dedicate a whole episode just to him. So we're going to do Eduardo Rodriguez as we said earlier. Um, Ed had a had a heck of a year. He had a heck of a season, as we are all aware. And I think there were some misconceptions about Eduardo Rodriguez just in general. Uh, nothing in, in his personal life. I'm not going down that rabbit hole, nor should you, nor should anybody. That's his business. Um, so, but just about the A, the type of player he is, B, the contract he got, and C, where he fits on this team going forward. I think that there was this. Like I said, misconception, I think, is the the right word. And I think it is the phrase, I uh, the the word that I want to use. I think that everybody saw him get, what, 77 over 5 and was like, oh my goodness, this is like the ace going forward. I don't think that that was ever supposed to be the plan. I, I certainly don't think it's the plan now. Like 15 AAV is definitely like that's that's legit for sure like that's that's legitimate money but I think we kind of had the same situation happen when we talk about the talent level of these players and talking about raising the bar like you know I'm, a, I'm very much a broken record with that I think it's a great point um and I think that that we, we need to look at these players through a different lens of comparing them to the rest of the league when it comes to their talent level not just the rest of the Tigers organization because that has gotten us nowhere and, and we're still a, a bottom-of-the-barrel team. I think we need to do the same thing with, with, with contracts, I guess, is my point. I, I think we need to do the same thing in the sense that when you look at the aces in baseball, right, like the big money aces of playoff teams, those dudes are not make don't have contracts that equate to $77 million dollars. And I'm not trying to make $77 million seem like not very much money. Obviously, that is life-changing. But when comparing it to other contracts in the game of baseball and when comparing it to aces of playoff-caliber teams, it's not quite there. That that that's not, that's not bona fide ace money, dog. And I think that a lot of people thought when he came in, they were like, oh, he was on the Red Sox. They were a playoff team. He has had a like finished sixth in Cy Young voting in 2019, I believe. And you know, he has the biggest contract of any pitcher on this team, so therefore, he is the ace going forward. It's not quite how that works for a few reasons. One, we can go sign somebody in any other offseason for more money, and boom, then he's just not the highest paid pitcher anymore. For starters, that's the easy route, but also. Baseball is weird in the sense that you you have to be, you have to have six years of control before you can become an unrestricted free agent. So Tarek Skubal, who was great in the first half of the year, I don't think anybody, especially by like the end of May, was like, oh man, like Erod is still the ace of this team. Like, no, everybody understood That any rod had a four ERA this year, like everybody freaked out about some of his performances and 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 whatnot. And yes, a four ERA is not an ace of a good team. I agree. I don't think he was ever supposed to be. And like Avila's gone now, so we never have to ask him that question. Thank goodness. But like, I don't think that was ever the plan. And I certainly don't think it's the plan going forward. That is a that is money for a solid two, or even if if more of your pitchers hit prospect-wise, then you make him a really high-end three. But, like, the, you know, you look at the, the career of Eduardo Rodriguez, you're talking about a dude who, for the most part, his ERA is either in the mid or high threes or the low fours from a season-to-season season basis. 2021's weird. We'll talk about that. But, I don't know. I, I it, it always rubbed me the wrong way that he was looked at as the ace and, and everything. And, like, I was excited about the signing. I still am excited about the signing. I still really like Eduardo Rodriguez, and we'll get into why um, in this show, obviously. But I I never understood the... oh Raising everybody to a higher standard with analysis does not mean you need five aces on your team. <laughs> we just need to understand what people are. That's That's what this whole thing is about. Understanding what players are, not overvaluating them, not undervaluating them, just truly understanding their value and what their role is on a good team. Ed is, is going into next year as it stands currently, the best pitcher in this rotation. Does that mean that this team is going to make the playoffs? Probably not, because I agree with everybody that. He should not be the best player on a playoff team, at least as he's pitched so far seven years into his career. Hope that all makes sense. But I, I, I really wanted to drive that point home because it's something that I, I constantly got brought up after pretty much every start he had. And I, I think it's a really important point to drive home. This dude can be really solid, can be really solid. At no point has he ever, or probably will he ever, be looked at as the ace of a playoff team, and we are not paying him to be as such. Hope that makes sense. the The bona fide aces of playoff teams that aren't getting paid huge contracts is, is like that because they don't have their six years of service yet or signed a long-term deal early on in their career. 77 mil, not not a World Series ace salary. Hope that makes sense. Okay, let's get into uh, him, the pitcher, because I think that there is a... I, I still really like it. Like I said, I still really like the move to bring him in. I still like what he brings to this team going forward. I still think he can be a really solid two or three for this team when we're good again. Uh, hopefully that that we become good again, but I, I still think that he has a a very prominent and important role on this team going forward, and I still like what he brings on the mound. So we're going to talk about all that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So, to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back here, segment two of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate each and every one of y'all. Hopefully the point I was trying to get across in the first segment made sense. Um, But when talking about Erod the pitcher, I, like I said, still a big fan. Still really like what he brings. There are, again, I I think some misconceptions about... We signed him... (laughs) to a contract that was bigger than almost anyone else on the team. And that is because of two reasons. One, because we needed pitching and because he is a pretty good pitcher. And B, because we were paying literally no one outside of Miguel Cabrera. So optically, it looked like we were giving this dude a a cargo ship, you know, Garrett Cole-style contract, when in actuality, it's, it's pretty... Spot on, I think, for what he's valued at, uh, as far as you know, the the years leading up to his first year in Detroit. So, I I think that also a lot of people think, okay, he's going to be the best pitcher on the team. Can't wait to see him strike out fifteen dudes a game. Ha ha. Well, it's not the type of pitcher he is. Never has been. Never will be. So, I think that that was kind of a misconception too. Um, now. Admittedly, this season, his strikeout numbers were lower than normal, and I believe the lowest since his rookie year. Nope, lower than that. There you go. Lowest K rate of his entire career. Obviously, that's not great, and you want to see that get bumped back up to what we're used to. His K per nine this season was a 7.12, 7.12. Which is low? I mean, that's that's low, and that's low for someone making his amount of money. All very true. Low for somebody who uh, it should even be a two or a three on a good team, or the ace on a bad team. Whatever. That's all my points nullified. That is objectively low, um, and it needs to get higher. Now his career K per nine is nine one six. About a strikeout an inning. It's not the ridiculous eleven twelve that you're going to see in that, you know, like the Shane McClanahan's of the world and and all of these, these strikeout and whiff artists, he is not that. He's not going to get you a ton of swings and misses. He's not going to get you a ton of strikeouts. Um, however, he is, when he is on, Eduardo Rodriguez is, simply put, one of the best weak contact pitchers in the game of baseball year in and year out. And he has been for the three years leading up to his first year in Detroit, the three years leading up to his contract, well, I was going to say contract season, but including his contract season, all three years leading up to his first year in Detroit, leading up to this season, his average exit velocity percentiles, okay? So he didn't pitch in 2020 due to like a really scary health concern. He got COVID and had some heart problems and it was actually really scary. So I'm glad that he's doing okay and able to pitch and everything. Because there was a while there where where people were legitimately scared uh, about Ed. So when looking back, okay, 2019, average exit velocity, 96th percentile, top 5% of the league. In pitcher average exit velocity. It was like in the mid 80s. Hard hit percentage, 93rd percentile. Top seven percent in baseball and inducing soft weak contact. 2020, he doesn't play. We all we just talked about that. 2021, average exit velocity, 90th percentile, hard hit percentage, 87th percentile. Now, the big difference. Between those two seasons and this one, aside from the fact that his average exit velocity was in the 73rd percentile this year and his hard hit percentage was in the 66th percentile this year, just step backs objectively. Um, but the strikeout numbers, again, plummeted. Whiff percentage, 4th percentile, K percentage, 21st percentile, bottom fifth of the league. Whereas in 2021, he was inducing all that soft contact. He was 51st percentile and whiff percentage and 76th in K-percentage, 2019, 61st in K-percentage, 64th in width percentage. Um, 2021, also 70th percentile in walk percentage, so not really beating himself a ton either. Just really good at pounding the strike zone and getting soft contact. And I think that that pitcher in Comerica Park has the potential to be really, really good and put up some career years. I still stand by that. I still believe it. I don't look at whatever it what, was, 90, 100 innings in 2022 and just completely dismiss all the years before that. He was literally sixth in Cy Young voting in 2019. Like I, I don't just completely dismiss that because of one really weird year where he w- disappeared for three months. Okay, I think you get back on a routine. You get back to, to pitching a full season. Again, 2019 through 200 innings. Had almost a 20 win season for whatever that's worth to you. Like th- this is a dude who has logged very impressive seasons. Led the league in games started in 2019. Like I said, 203 innings had a 3.81 ERA uh, and was sixth in Cy Young voting. K per nine was a 9.4. Again, about his career average, you're looking at about a strikeout in an inning. Walk rate three three. Hit per nine, eight, six. The whip is a one, three, two, eight in 2019. His career whip is a one, three, one, five. And again, you might look at that and think it's a little high. Yeah, the dude is a pitch to contact guy. He's going to give up some singles, but when he's on, all those hits are going to be weak seeing eye singles. He's not going to draw too many or induce too many walks. And he's still going to be a double play machine if a runner gets on, etc. Like, th- this is a-, a dude with a tremendous ability to induce soft and weak contact. And it- it's just, it's really a shame that this was the start of his, of his career. And like, again, I, I don't want to make it sound like this is a-, a guy that I believe you can put at the number one in a rotation uh, of a World Series winning team. But I, there's just there's such a negative aura and a negative connotation around him right now that it, this episode is gonna sound like I'm just like really going to bat for him, and it's because I, I I I think it's such a negative viewpoint the fan base has of him right now, and maybe I'm off base on this. Maybe the fan base is totally understanding, which doesn't sound very on brand, but you know maybe it is, and um I, so so I think that. I am just sounding like I'm really going to bat for him because I I I just I don't think that there's too much you can take out of this season. He threw 91 innings of four ERA ball and had career lows in swing and miss and strikeout stuff. Had and like least we forget, had an injury to deal with before the the I'm gonna just completely fall off the face of the map, right? Like that's that 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 happened too. Like he had an injury thing where his velocity was down. Like I I just I think that he is very clearly the poster child. Him and and probably Austin Meadows both for everything that could have possibly have gone wrong for the Detroit Tigers in 2022 did Murphy's Law. Right? We we've talked about it. We understand it. It happened. Let's try and move on. I I don't like he he's this isn't gonna happen every year he's not just gonna go <laughs> he's not gonna go missing for the bulk of of the season he he's a dude that has logged two hundred inning seasons he's not gonna get hurt every year and a four oh five e r a at the end of the day is not like some catastrophic abysmal season yes i i i would love to think that he's gonna come in and log like like those three seven three eight three nine ERA type of seasons that he had when, when he was getting Cy Young votes. Absolutely. that That's my standard. That's what I, I want to see out of him. And if he pitched 190 innings of four ERA ball and had a career low in K percentage and, and was walking a ton of players and all that, this would be a much different conversation. But I have a really hard time, and, and maybe this is just a me thing, I have a really hard time Analyzing and being like, oh, yeah, the contract's terrible. This is terrible. This was an awful signing. Alavila is the worst thing to ever happen to this organization. And, and Erod is another example as to why. And he's Jordan Zimmerman 2.0. And this is a joke. That, that That is impossible. Impossible to say any of those things after one season in which personal issues took him away for half the year. It's impossible. And I and I wholeheartedly stand by that. So yes, there is always a possibility with every contract you sign any free agent to that he might end up not living up to that deal. And that possibility certainly still remains with Erod. I'm not saying that's a guaranteed hit after this season either, because that's also impossible. I'm saying you can take nothing. It's like he didn't play this year. You can take nothing out of this. Okay, I, I, I. It's a, it's a dang. I had to censor myself there. It's a dang shame because I really like him as a pitcher. I, I think he's a cool dude. He did a lot of really cool stuff in Boston, and I, and I really would love for him to go out there and 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 just really prove why we brought him in and really utilize his situation because again Fenway is a hitter's park and it's one of the reasons that his numbers in 2021 look so inflated right his numbers in 2021 this is crazy to me okay he had a four seven four ERA in one hundred and fifty seven innings. You hear that, you 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 squirm, right? You are like, oh my goodness! And a contract here, we gave that dude fifteen mil AAV. I am sure I'll get some comments about it. Absolutely true, objectively, that did happen. But his FIP, right? We talk about those stats that try to take out things you can't control. Have some ballpark factor in them as well. FIP, xFIP, Sierra, ballpark factor. Uh, looking at how hard the ball is hit, how much BABIP, bad luck he had. BABIP is usually around 300, but the last couple of years for baseball, Major League Baseball, it's been about 290. Um, so you look at, 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 at all of those factors and all those external factors that you can't control. We've had prospects in the Tigers organization on this show, pitching prospects, come on here and tell me and tell the world that the lower level of the miners, the development people within the Tigers organization, don't even use ERA anymore. They don't even care. They only use stats like FIP and, and XFIP in Sierra because that is what pitchers actually can control. And his FIP ERA, his FIP was 332 the year that he had a 474 ERA. His career FIP is 389. I just, I, I, I promise this dude is good. And it just, it, it's really frustrating to me as someone who really vocalized how much they liked the signing to have to try and break down this season of all seasons. Cause I i think it's impossible. We'll talk about his future with the team more uh, and and talk about starting pitchers in general, just where he fits in going forward, even though we've kind of made that abundantly clear right after this. <clears throat> All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment three, third and final segment of Lockdown Tigers. Um, okay, so Erod, I, I think we've uncovered pretty much everything we can talk about with him and, and and the type of pitcher he is. He he's when he's on, he is a really good barrel misser. Um, and I I still wholeheartedly believe that that's in there. Um, th- there is some stuff to take out of this season the cutter graded out pretty well that's been his really good pitch historically of of missing barrels right and his chase rate this season was like weirdly pretty solid above 50 percent of that one 56 percentile in chase rate one of the better uh trying to get you to chase out of the strike zone players in the game now you're not gonna miss the bat but if you get him to chase weak contact ground balls we know the drill and I, I think it's so valuable having the ability to get a ground ball whenever you want. He had a season where, like, he had a darn near 50% ground ball percentage. <laughs> like, I, I mean, he, he, like, I, I, hmm. It's very frustrating. This is a very frustrating episode for me um, because I, I don't want to make it completely sound like this is some. On, like, oh, you're going to find out this year that he has, like, a 2-4 ERA and is striking out everybody and whatnot. But, like, when, when you accept him for, for the type of pitcher he is and accept him for the actual contract we gave him, I, like, this This should be a great signing. It should. Again, Comerica Park is the definition of a huge pitcher's park, and this is a pitch-to-week contact guy. This should be the prototype that... that <laughs> for a, a successful pitcher in Comerica Park a lot of playoff experience a lot of good like solid playoff performances like he he oh he he should be and again I'm I'm not trying to come on here and say that oh this is a guaranteed like he, he's gonna be fantastic no again every free agent you bring in has the chance to not live up to expectations but I still think it's Absolutely ridiculous to look at 91 innings this year and all of the off-the-field stuff that he was dealing with and just go, there is no chance that this dude has, has a, any chance of being solid for this team over the next four years when he's under contract. I still like him a lot. and I think he, he still fits the Scott Harris philosophy. I'm not going to get those... Strike swinging miss style, but if he gets the walk rate right down to what we're somewhat used to in his career, and um, walk walk a little bit less. It was only a little higher than than what we're used to league league, career wise for Erod. But if he just lower those walk numbers back to to his career numbers and um, pound the strike zone and and whatnot, I, I still think that this dude can be a valuable pitcher for this team. He's going to be frustrating at times. Absolutely. I'm not telling you that's not coming because he's a pitch to contact guy and pitch to contact pitchers don't. But this is not like I'm not selling you Michael Pineda. I'm not selling you Jose Urania. Like when those guys came in and we were like, oh, they're pitch to contact. Maybe they won't have a five VRA this year. Like, no, (laughs) this dude is elite at it. Again, top 5% in baseball at it. Okay. I already know that I'm going to get a lot of angry people. It's impossible to talk about his season without talking about the him falling off the face of the planet there. I hope he got everything that he was dealing with dealt with. Uh, I hope that he's in a better state of mind. Um, I, I really truly do look forward to the season that he is going to have for the Detroit Tigers in 2023 letter grade incomplete, not doing it. It's impossible. Um, if you made me give, I'd give it like a C, I guess it's just like middle of the road. I don't really know. Sure. You showed up when, well, eh. you, you you eventually showed up and, uh, and were like pretty average when, when you were here, had a couple of really good starts where you looked around and went, this is why we brought this dude in. And then a couple of starts where you went, okay, you clearly don't have it. Velocity was all over the place from a start to start basis between the injury and then not pitching for three months. I'm, I mean, Very hard to grade. Um, As far as his future on the team, he will certainly be back. This is the highest grade I'll probably give so far. Uh, This is like an 85. Yeah, 85. We'll give Iran an 85. Uh, I'll leave a 15% chance at Scott Harris just going supernova and trading literally everybody on the Major League roster. But um, I, I... I really think that he can still accomplish a lot of really cool things in old English D. Um, okay. 8, 8, 85%. Yeah. I like that. 85%. 85%. Um, I think that's all I got. Thanks for making lockdown tigers. Your first listen every day for your next listen, check out the On MLB podcast. MLB expert, Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey at YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. All right, um, I think that is it. I think we're done. Um, I, I know he's a he's a controversial player just because of of the contract and because of, uh, I mean he was an Avila signing. Any Avila signings are going to be inherently a little more controversial, but I still, I, I, I still have faith in him and I still am very excited for what he can bring this team going forward. Um, I, I think you go out for talking about the future. That's the other thing I want to say the future, of the starting rotation. That is the the last point I wanted to make. Um, Tarek Skubal should be penciled in as one of your best two starting pitchers. Um, it's still the debate between we a we haven't seen enough innings out of Scooble yet, but b just a, a debate within the fan base as well, just on what we've seen on whether Scooble can be a bona fide ace for this team. Like, is Tarek Scooble's ceiling really an ace of a World Series winning team of a playoff like deep playoff contending team? Yet to be seen, but certainly a debate to have um, when we uh, when, when we have you know. More time, and we're not dedicating an episode to Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, but that's certainly a debate. But I, I do think you can comfortably pencil him in as a top two, right? If he's not an ace, I, I genuinely believe that he's a really solid two for a deep playoff team or or a championship contending team going forward, or at least that's his ceiling. Um, and I think that Erod should just be slated right below wherever scoobal is going forward i think that that's a that's a good move scoobal if he can stay healthy and continue getting better he'll get more money than what erod got you so like contract wise it's you're it's going to work out in that regard and and what you're expecting out of everybody based on what you're paying them I, i i still think that there is a a very clear path to this being a really effective rotation with Erod in it. So I, I think, I think probably if we are winning a championship three, four, five years from now, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just saying hypothetically, just bear with me. If we're playing in the World Series, our rotation is in the top two, it's player X and Tarek Scoobal, and three is Erod. And I think that that's a good team. And it's been proven because he's made the playoff three times with legitimate starting pitching roles for the Boston Red Sox. He's literally done it thrice. So, can't really say, oh, I don't see it. Well, Boston Red Sox have been a juggernaut for the last three years of, uh, of, of E-Rod's tenure with them. And uh, he he had pretty pretty decently prominent roles within them. So, all right. That is all I got for real this time. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. And I will catch you all on Monday, baby. Go Tigers.